I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Dear Middling on Sports Joe. Hello, hello, and you're very welcome to The Hurling Show. Uh, huge weekend of sport, huge weekend of hurling again. I am delighted to be joined in studio by James Ryle. James, good to have you back. Thanks, Dermot. Good stuff. And being beamed in from the south of Clare, almost Limerick. Uh, so we'll get a good insight from there as to what's happening. Uh, Derek Honan, great to have you, Derek. Cheers, lads. Uh, very much Clare, near Limerick, but very much Clare. Yeah, yeah, you're keen to point that out. Uh, I mean, you must be happy enough, Derek, after the weekend, or was there is there a huge room for improvement? Yeah, absolutely. Delighted um, with how it went the weekend. Um, you know, a perfect start for Clare, really, and um, came in under the radar, but produced a really solid performance. So, uh, spirits are high in Clare at the moment. Mm. James, what was what, what did you make of the of the Clare game? Yeah, it was. Uh, I suppose Tipperary were disappointing. Mm. Um, that's probably the big take-home factor after a, a pretty decent start. I think the hopes in Tip were beginning to rise after Walsh Park display. But um, is that selling Clare short, or is it, or is that was is that a bigger takeaway in some respects? You know, we were saying it last week with with after the Limerick Cork game. Like, there was a lot of focus on how bad Cork were. Clare had to they had to play well, like, but but Tipperary were they, they still yeah ultimately were disappointing, like, weren't they? They were disappointing, yeah, and. Um, I suppose they were very open as well and they, they, they played a brand of hurling that maybe didn't overly suit Tipper they tried to play it and uh, in that first half just I said it at home that I could see goals more goals mm. and uh, that's what they done Clare opened it up Clare full forward line the ball going in was very good and Duggan full forward massive player hard to mark in just every sense big word, in every yeah. way yeah mm. So what were what what were they trying what were Tipperary trying to do that didn't suit him? Like is it the limericification of hurling? Like are they are they in the early stages of trying to play the game in the way that is now mo- the most successful way of playing the game? That's that's where it's at. Everyone's trying to do what Limerick are doing, but they're just at a very early stage of it. Like maybe so, yeah. But if you take um, take the Tipperary forwards, they're probably known for this whizzing ball, 30, 20 yard ball from side to side from player and. I suppose that's kind of gone out to play a small bit and mm. uh, that suits the John McGrath's and it, 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 it suits the tip style and uh, I suppose Ford 
you know, had a couple of chances of goals in both in the Watford game and in the Clare game. Um, and but it's just they were so open in defensively, I think, and they seemed to get pulled out the half back line. Uh, they were pulled out a small bit, and the Clare full forward line really exposed the full back line. But having said all that, if you were looking at Young Morgan in the corner, you'd say he played well. You'd say Cottle Barrett was one of their best players. Yeah. You'd say um, Seamus Kennedy, wing back, probably handled Tony Kenny fairly well. So or Tony Kelly. So. It was hard to know, but I suppose the size of Duggan, you'd nearly want to, I don't know, a telescopic loader to try and, <laughs> do you know, when it's... If you had one. Well, yeah, like, there's, yeah. when a guy like that is in front of you and he's got such a reach, such a mm. such a claw out in front of him, there's no way to defend it. Mm. And uh, that physicality and that size, size is massive in sport, let it be in any sport, but yeah. that size in hurling, if you're able to hurl and you have size... You've uh, you've grown Hegarty. You've got yeah, yeah, yeah. that combination S- size is massive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely have a fella a welter. That's <laughs> mean it's the case for it was the case for the two without doubt. Uh, Derek, you had that in spades as well. What did what, like what did Claire do to expose Tipperary's maybe I, maybe naivety is a bit harsh. I'm not sure, but it certainly they left themselves wide open and that's fine if you're going to play that really intense if you're very good and very experienced at that very intense hassling that we'll say Limerick are at they can afford to leave that maybe that little bit of space they still don't really do it but they could maybe afford to do it uh, in a maybe a more nuanced way is it like when it looks like they're going to lose possession or gain possession they can then open that space up but Clare still exposed that space and maybe used it more efficiently and effectively than Tipperary could because Clare were left open at the back as well yeah, absolutely. I, I like. I'd agree with James. There was definitely um, watching live. You could. There was an awful lot of space in front of both of the To be honest, um, but the clear delivery and the clear use of that space and probably the movement of the inside forwards was that bit better to be able to exploit it. Um, like Ian uh, Galvin and Mounsey, Tony, uh, Shane, they were all really dynamic in their movement. And then with Peter, like uh, like he touched on already, his just pure size and power. Uh, he was like a one-man puck-out tactic, really. Like, there was nothing overly sophisticated in the long ones where you were just able to lump it down on top of them and more often than not, good things came out of it. It's so a good I balance to have, though, isn't it? It's a good ba- like to have that uh, have that option because so much of the game now is the short puck-out and the building from the back, but you can keep a half-forward far more honest if he's going to, if he thinks he has to drop back because, you know, the half-forward will always drop deep on a long puck-out and if the possibility is, you know, a cornerback needs to have the possibility of it going long to create that extra five yards from from the corner forward so he can take it out into that. So it's a good tactic to have, like. Absolutely. And um, like Limerick are big on that and they're obviously the standard bear where you'd have a, a, a short option, a medium option and a long option. And you have to have the other two in order for your one to work um, because, you're like you said, you have to keep everyone honest. And uh, Clare were able to build from the back um, when they needed to, and they, they did so, uh, I suppose, more so in the first half, to be honest, uh, mm. whereby they did build play through the lines uh, when they had to, and they delivered a really good ball inside, and they they, um, they were dangerous when they did. Um, but I suppose then in the second half, maybe one thing to work on would be that they were a bit overly reliant on, on that longer puck out, and um, that they, they needed to build it through the lines, especially when Tipperary started to get a foothold in the game kind of early in the second half and Tipperary started to expose those uh, spaces in front of the Clareful back line. Um, so yeah, you, you do absolutely need those three options. When you're playing that amount in the in the middle third, third, there's so much happening in the middle third at the moment. Are, 
it looked like like the, the influence of Shane O'Donnell for for at least two of the goals and four or five points. Like the effectiveness of his passing, the speed of the movement, uh, and the quickness of his thinking. When it comes to a Limerick, uh, how far off are Clare from being able to hold their own in the middle third to be able to make the most of what's going on inside? Yeah, I mean, I, like. I think, honestly, I think Limerick are a long ways ahead of everyone. Um, with a full 15, I think they're 10 points better than anyone at the moment. Um, but look, we're not playing Limerick uh, this weekend, so um, we don't have to worry about them yet. Anyway, Clare have to worry about Cork and getting a win there. Um, obviously, Limerick are standard bears and you'd like to get there. But, um, you know, Clare's focus has to be on Cork and getting a win and, and trying to get qualified out of this monster uh, group. What about John Conlon at centre back? How you how how do you feel he's how do you feel he's doing there? Yeah, I mean, like his his recovery has been incredible. Really, incredible. Like John did his crucial at thirty one, and uh, you know that could finish a lot of lads. But the shape he's got himself into and the work that he put in to get there has been incredible and a testament to himself. Personally, I see him as a forward, and, and you know I've always said I w- I would have him in the forwards rather than the backs. But I think he's adapted pretty well, and like the way he finished the game. Uh, against Tip the last day, I think the last 15 minutes where he totally, you know, like we touched on it there earlier where there was a bit of space in front of the Tipful forward line for the start of the second half to finish out the game. John and the half-back line completely closed that down and when there was ball being hit in, you know, they had bodies around and John came out with ball after ball over the last 15, 20 minutes and set up scores and, and clinched the game really. So he's adapted really well to it in fairness to him. Yeah, yeah, he really came into his own at that stage. Tipperary positives, James? Is there Tipperary positives or is that just such a such a fall back from the week before where there was actually seemed to be a bit of belief? Like, was Yeah, it's... it's 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 always hard. I they suppose. put them under pressure. Like early in the second half, they kind of they got a bit of a run. Like, but they did they did get the the ball out. And I suppose the difference was the clear half back line seemed to smother the play a little bit more um, mm. in the second half than tipped it in the first half. Um, and again, Clare got the run of them with the wind. I'd say they had the wind in the first half. And a, a few counties that had the wind this weekend seemed to get a bit of a lead up and put the game to bed in the first half. Um, but you know, a tip. I suppose they're beginning to blood a few younger players and it doesn't take long for a, a, a county like Tipperary to bring those players through. Um, mm. And I was only thinking they won, I think they won another 21 in 18 and they won, I think just went to 20 in 19. And I suppose those players are really only coming now and maybe it is a year or two too late that, you know, you'd like to blend a few of them in over a couple of years. But I suppose with the likes of Paddy Marr, Brendan Marr and a few more of them that have left, they're, they're, they're kind of trying to do it overnight, which is mm. hard to do. But mm. as I said, Morgan, um, um, uh, Cottle Barrett, uh, these lads hurled well in the corner, but when your two cornerbacks are hurling great and we're talking about, <laughs> it's, you know, you, you know. It's like the referee, like if there's nothing said about the referee, he's done well. It's like if the, you don't want to be saying your cornerbacks played well, really. Yeah, like, it means they were involved in a lot of play. Like I was glimpsing that, but I, I think there might only have been four points from play from the tip starting six forwards compared to maybe Derek will tell me what it could be two seven or so from the starting six forwards and I know John McGrath left the field early um, but look in Tip's defence injury has been a massive and I think that's going to have a massive bearing on the entire championship not just Tipperary but because of the intensity of the games the intensities and the games coming so close yeah. yeah and you know that's something that's you know it doesn't look to be bothering Limerick in some way but it might yet um, and that's, you know, the tip started, they had a few injuries before they started and then losing two guys, you know, in the first half, 
just you know it, it was always going to be a possible task for him in the second half uh, I, I, I am always like Brian Lohan like I, I don't know where to even start with Brian Lohan like he was such a he's such an influence on the whole game like on all of us when we played like he, even though he was maybe just finishing up or had just finished or whatever stage I mean you you, you played against him plenty of times it's a, I, yeah I imagine yeah he, he was finishing oh. he was probably I'm not sure when he when he finished when, up. when, when would he have finished Derek? Uh, Jesus, I'd say it was around 05 or that, was it? Five, yeah, yeah, around that. So you three, I won you. I think that you played the we year. We definitely played him in the semi final in Croke Park. Yeah. One year, but we played in the quarter final as well. We played you in know, 05 in the quarter final. He gave us an awful trimming. Um, but he was playing, yeah, he played he played that day. So as a player, like, it's incredible, incredible influence. As a manager, I feel like his, his career has been somewhat overshadowed by the chaos that's been in Clare from the outside looking in. And I'm, I have no interest in going into that chaos whatsoever. There's enough opinions on that elsewhere. But is he... What does he br- what What does he bring? Like, what does Brian Lohan bring to... Like, I can imagine the inspiration... I can imagine, like, just just his legacy bringing its its own amount but what else is he bringing that is now maybe that has Claire looking like it's early but looking like they're headed in a very good direction yeah I mean like I, I think the biggest thing with Brian is his absolute steely determination to win like um, I, I worked with Brian for one year when I was in UL I did my masters there and he was the Fitzgibbon manager and Really enjoyed work with him for the year. Um, I thought he was an excellent man manager. And is he uh, good crack? Is he good crack? Uh, is that steely determination? Sometimes, like you be you be looking for a bit of a bit of I don't know. Like in, yeah, it takes a while to for him to warm up, but he is he is good crack when <laughs> he wants to be. You know, and uh, he's in the same profession as myself, so I'd meet him at a few uh, different gigs at different times. But he is good crack. He's well able to have the crack. In fairness, um, but. I think, you know, his will to win and his just pure steel determination is just, it, it oozes out of him, you know, when you're talking to him. And I'm sure, like, uh, I need, with Fitzgibbon, you know yourself, you wouldn't have too much exposure uh, to training with the team and stuff like that when you're involved with the county. But um, I think, you know, he's done a, a really good job. He There's been a lot of obstacles put in his way. And um, even, I suppose, the way he's t- t- taken that on and not accepted anything less than, you know, what he thinks should be in place for Claire Senior Hurling. Uh, is is a huge plus. Yeah, it certainly seems to be uh, paying dividends. The other uh, to to come into Limerick um, and to move on, John Kiley is I, I find him a very funny character to look at on the, like on the sideline. Like I feel like he's like a character of Father Ted or something. Like I don't know, he's is he's so uh, he's so in it. He's just so in it. Yet when he does the interviews and when he speaks afterwards, and I mean. All of that stuff aside, and I don't mean that in any slight either because of huge respect for John Kiley because not out of anything that he says or he does, but just by how his team plays. Like that's obviously, that's a man who knows what he's doing. He's a man who's organised and he's getting the best out of a bunch of young fellas, which any man who's getting the best out of a bunch of young fellas, to my mind, is 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 yeah is, is a good fella, like, you know. So what, it seems quite simple afterwards when you listen to him talking about the game, but it's not simple to do that. So what's he? How how are they? How are they at this stage again? It looked like they were maybe going to get weaker. Uh, that they might maybe the victories and the you know the the celebrations or the years have just been on the road or, but they're getting stronger. They seem to be getting like they're getting better. Like you know. Yeah, he's. Uh, I suppose all those managers, first of all, respect you know. And when when you're talking about Brian Lawn, the first thing I'd say is that man mm. carries some <sighs> respect and for sure. He, he, he also looks like a man, I'd say, that could cut you in two without ever raising his voice. Do you know, just, mm. 
I'd say he'd be the same tone and I'd say that you know, said, did he actually say that to me like that? You know, he's he's just he's he's a direct character, I'd say. And mm. all those like Kylie Kylie's a brilliant manager and you know, I, I think he's a massive piece to the whole Limerick we'll say call it probably yeah, like, we'll yeah. like you know you take Jim Gavin and go back to Dublin in the football I, I think the way he carried himself and, and even Cody in, in Kilkenny's style of things they they don't say a whole lot they just say they're not made for the media in the sense they'll just say they oh, tough game and you know lucky here today and you know we knew it was going to be a big battle and they say the same thing over and over again and I often say about even Cody he could nearly give the interview at the start of the year and you could just change the team as, <laughs> as, as you go along and, and just you could the same interview it's the same it doesn't matter if it's Westmead Limerick it's the same thing uh, you know and it, it, it is I, I get that it is but, I, but it was very noticeable um with Martin Fogarty when he took over the the interviewing duties, I think when Brian Cody was sick yeah. a, a few years ago, uh, and there was the, the very much the feeling that I got from his interviews was, I'm not telling you anything, and I'm going to pretend to be the the old simple ignorant fella here, and now that's all grand and that's yeah, that's grand, but I'm not, what I'm what I'm doing is I'm not telling you anything. But it was very clear to me that he, that was yeah. the relationship. There's a there's a really interesting balance I think with Brian Cody in that okay maybe he's not saying anything in that he's not revealing tactics or he's not revealing you know about someone getting dropped because they were in Thomastown on a Monday night or whatever yeah. it was, but he was revealing something very central <coughs> to the, to Kilkenny's success. He was coming out and saying every week or every couple of weeks in an interview he was talking about the things that seemed to be the guiding principles by which he lived and that Kilkenny teams have had to live to since yeah. which was the genuineness and the spirit of the camp they were and the honesty with the game they were the, he kept saying those things and that is not and everybody was kind of saying well oh, that's Brian Cody saying nothing again but I think actually had we all kind of listened to him at the start and said okay well actually if we get those three things or just take those three things because how many dressing rooms were we all in and you'd have honesty up on, yeah. the, up on the door and he'd be like, whoever put that sign up there, can you tell me about that? Can you tell me about that word? What do you know about it? What does the manager know about it? What do the players know about that word? That word is like, you might need two weeks to try and sort that word out in your head based on your actions, how you carry yourself, how you behave in relation to the game. So Cody was talking about those things at the start. And they were, I know there's, I know there are nuances to the game and there are tactics and all that stuff, but they were three of, when I, when I think about JJ, when I think about Tommy, when I think about you know Eddie and all the yeah, great players yeah. that you had and yourself as well there was an those were that they were the guiding principles and he was telling them very openly so it wasn't just I'm going to I'm going to you know I'm going to bullshit we made through this and not tell him anything he was he was telling something yeah like, they're, they're kind of core core values if you like and I suppose he said the same thing day in day out and I suppose he had that respect as well what those managers have but it was his consistency, I think, maybe, mm. and that's what makes good managers, that they're consistent from the start of the league right through to the end of the championship. Consistency and in consistent in what context? In how they hold themselves as people? Yes. Or as how they like in how they interact or what's where I would say consistency as a person. Mm. Um and, and and you know, we know the performances and they're there for themselves, but the consistency to be able to say the same thing before a game, the consistency maybe not maybe you want to say something but they don't say it and they don't create like do you know one of the things I hate is when you hear someone say that 
that day we sat down and we decided that we were we were going to win the Ireland, Ireland you yeah, know yeah. and I often and say we had the Jaffa cakes and we yeah, had a cup of tea uh, and uh, you yeah, know yeah. That, you know we were beaten that day and we got together in the dressing room and said why didn't you say that at the start of the year you know that's a fairly valid point you know why was it that day and if it's that simple then why doesn't everyone sit down and say do you know what we're going to win the Ireland, Ireland this year do you know so there's no stories about like I'm sure Brian Cody has had cups of tea with players and had Jaffa cakes and had mm. you know brought the whole thing together but there's no stories about what they'd done or the way they trained it's just a constant year after year yeah we put the best team out there we've done our best and uh, look we got the result and the scoreboard only matters when the game is over that was a yeah. that was a, a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> another gem you know how Brian Cody won and it's so true like but mm. th- th- there was no insights into how it was done um, and that filters down, I think, through the players as well. And do you know, and, so and James, when you were when you were playing those games and you were winning by, you know, you were winning by eighteen, nineteen points, and and that interview we done afterwards, and you'd say, oh, we knew we were going to get a tough game today, uh, and. Uh, was that the way you felt inside your was it ever come to geez that was a handy one or was it just not were you just not allowed to think like that I love this question because I always wondered Derek I always wondered why Kilkenny gave Wexford so much respect and I hated the fact that they did because if they didn't I felt we might have snuck one or two more we might have had an opportunity but actually like I, I, I felt that from all of the I, a couple, I had a couple of occasions with a couple of players where it wasn't the case but that, and that was outside of the game but afterwards and during my career of getting regularly between 10 and 20 point beatings he treated the start of a Wexford game as if like you know we could beat you and I was like why are they doing this like why wouldn't you just be why wouldn't you be why wouldn't you be taking the foot off the pedal or something yeah. but you didn't because he held this line you know well we honestly thought you could beat us um, um, and that well you know I don't know, like there was a bunch, there was kind of, I suppose, I remember when I first went into the Kenny dressing room, I remember DJ Carey came over, it was 02, and he just shook my hand, hi, I'm DJ Carey. And I looked at him, you know, I hadn't been living under a stone, you know, I, I, you know, so you'll get to see how players carry themselves and mm. younger players coming in, if they see, you know, the, the you know, the likes of a JJ today, and I have a great time for JJ because I think he's definitely in my, you know, and I suppose one of the best hurlers, you know, I'd always name JJ as the best hurler I've ever seen or mm. he, there was no big airs and graces about him. He, no. was, he was brilliant no. to hold him. He was brilliant every training session. He was, I, he was brilliant at every club game with Johnstone. He was brilliant That's, with every yeah. kick. You know, he was consistently, even the best players have ended up, you know, having poor days or a league performance off, but, you know, I don't think you could count any day when JJ didn't turn up and perform. And uh, But, you know, he could walk into a shop nearly with a hoodie up and just doesn't want to be seen. Like, you know, so mm. if you're a younger player going in there, you see that, I know that word culture that's being branded around. But but, see, I, but in the real sense of it, like, in the real see, sense, that's, a, that's yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's like the word has been hijacked into this sports psychology, the yeah. creation of a culture and we, this is how we go out and we pick up the rubbish after whatever, like the, the different things people do to, if we do this, we will have a good culture. But someone like JJ just lived it. Like yeah. he, he wasn't doing it out of choice. He didn't make a decision to do this. Like I remember we played against you in Wexer Park one year in the league and I started wing back and got taken off and then got put on full forward and it was just ridiculous stuff. But I was on JJ and a high ball came in and I was having a bad day and I pulled kind of late and a little bit to the side and nearly nearly caught JJ. And, and I knew him well enough off the field um, because he, he had spent a bit of time down in Pierce's town and 
he just looked at me like, and it was a little bit like you were saying with, with, with Cody or, 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 you know, with, with, with John Kiley or whoever it was, like, Lohan. He just looked at me and he said, what he was saying to me was, that stroke wasn't in the spirit of the game. Don't do it again. Yeah. I don't know what he would have done and I wasn't really, I didn't pull again that way to find out, but I, I agreed with him. It wasn't, it wasn't the way I want to play the game either. And I, when I reflected on it afterwards, like, you know, years later, I was like, that's a, it's a fine line. Like, it's a fine line to carry into the game. You know, I don't know. I, I, I suppose I just respect that in a fella like that. And I loved Cody that he always said that, you know, you're, how you play the game matters to the game. It's not just you yeah. winning. It's like. There are the, probably some of those, the likes of Kylie and, you know, Cody and these guys, they're, they know when to ramp it up and they know when to have the, the serious conversation and when not to have the serious conversation. So, do you know, there was a time when, let's say, you played a game and the performance wasn't good in the league or the thing was down, Cody could walk into a dressing room after and just say, training Tuesday night, seven o'clock and walk out again. And that was enough to go, oh no. Like, you know what I mean? That simple statement, you know, you kind of knew, oh, Tuesday night's going to be horrible. Yeah, yeah. Because you knew yourself the performance wasn't good. And, they were able to do that so he was able to just go nice and easy through the league and eventually then there'd come a pinch where he'd say you know you'd get that hairdryer moment maybe where he'd you know and but if you have to do that from day one in a mm. Walsh Cup game and you're yeah, trying to continuously yeah. do the same thing right through the Walsh Cup through the the league through the championship and expect then to get the same result every single time you know so he knew when to I suppose when to get serious. Yeah, and, you have to have the calmness for the hairdryer to work. You can't, you can't just be, you can't just turn it on all the time. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. No. Like I felt that with Davy Fitz a little bit with Wexford. Like sometimes it was like the the entrenched kind of war mentality all the time is it just jades the system. Like I don't yeah. think it's a thing if someone just gets tired of it or it doesn't work. It's just like it jades the system of the bodies who are having to listen to it. Now yeah. may, I, I wasn't in the dressing room with Davy Fitzgerald, so I don't know, but that's just the sense I had from the outside. Um Derek, just on, on the game, one of the things that I noticed uh coming into the game or coming off the back of the league was that uh Waterford were being lauded for their strength and depth. Um and now we look at maybe four, if not five uh, big, big injuries for Limerick, and even in in the game itself. Uh, I mean, like yeah, we've Kyle Hayes. So much talking about uh, Kyle Hayes, and then Keen Lynch goes after nine minutes, but it didn't seem to bother him too much. On the other side, Ira Daly got injured. They seemed to have some way. They were, you know, Gillan was he was doing fine on Gillan, and Pronti was out of position, but he 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 was doing fine out on Garon Hegarty as well. And all of a sudden. Iridale was gone Prunty shifted back in and both, both Gillan because I don't think he suits Gillan very much he came into the game hugely and uh, Gerard Higarty's uh, influence grew in the game as well so strength and depth is fine at a particular standard but like do Waterford have enough strength and depth in terms of quality to, to, to I, I suppose to push on against Limerick because that's what they have yeah, to be thinking about there was there was a huge there's been a huge amount made of the Waterford strength and depth like and um they do, they do have good players there, there's no doubt about that. But I know people are probably going to have to reevaluate slightly maybe how much they talked up Waterford in the run-up to the championship. Um, I thought, you know, in terms of the strength and depth against Limerick last day, they were forced into a change when Barron came on and then Jamie came on after 50 minutes. So they used two yeah. subs in the first 50 minutes. And they used their last three subs from 67 minutes onward, 67, 68 and 71, 71st minute. That's when they used their last three subs. So, you know... 
I suppose the idea of having strength and depth, and you'd see it with with Limerick or with sorry with the Dublin footballers over the years, whereby they'd bring on you know the likes of Kevin McMenor for the last twenty minutes, and uh, they'd bring on whoever else for the last twenty minutes, and they'd give them it's like a fresh player coming onto the field who's as good as the player coming off, and you're finishing really really strongly. So the, I do agree that those players that came on are good, but maybe the use of them wasn't as good as it could have been because if they were given 20-25 minutes to impact the game uh, they might have made a, a bigger a bigger uh, impact on it but Is I that just Cahill just Cahill Lean Cahill like just that they're the mistakes you make in, in his in his evolution as a manager or is this a consistent problem for him? Well I'm not sure if it's a consistent problem to be honest but it's just something that I noticed last weekend um, and I definitely think you know the likes of Park Manny who would have led Belly Gunner to obviously the all Club title he would have you know, you'd expect him to be playing more than injury time two minutes at the end of the game. Um, so I do think it's probably an area where they, they could look at uh, getting those lads onto the field earlier and seeing can they, they uh, impact it that way. But in, in all honesty, I think, you know, no one really compares to Limerick's strength and depth at the moment when you're missing Peter Casey in All-Star, James Flanagan in All-Star, Kyle Hayes, in my opinion, is their best player. Keen Lynch, one of their best players as well. So... Uh, and still go on and win by four, and in reality should have won by more. You know, um, I think they probably there was probably it looked to me like an eight or nine point win. Really, you know, they missed the last four scoring chances, which was very uncharacteristic. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and even the two goals kind of came, you know, probably against the run of play. So they are they are just depressingly enough for for all of us who are trying to compete with them, or all of those who are, who are living near them. Uh, they are just very far ahead at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, they are. Uh, Liam Cahill, as a, as it's hard, it can be hard to gauge it. The 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 monster phenomenon, and because the structure of the game has changed recently, I suppose. Like if Waterford are to take themselves as the the main challengers to Limerick, we put Limerick at number one. I think everybody has Limerick at number one. Certainly after the weekend, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Waterford have to be looking at themselves as serious challengers. The likelihood now is. Barring you know, barring a significant shift that Waterford will play uh, Limerick in a Munster final, and the possibility then is, and I mean, obviously there'll be you know, Kilkenny will have a say in this, and probably maybe Galway might have a say in it. They may be playing them in the Ireland final. Is are 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 you too? <laughs> seems like a criticism, but are you too proud to let go of a Munster championship in the hope of winning an All Ireland? On the on the basis that, and I know it's a kind of a it's maybe a simplistic idea, but if when you get bet, often you learn so much in being beaten that you, you learn how to turn things around. Like, would you let go of a of a monster for a for a for an All Ireland if that was the possibility, or is there any danger? Is it just water for going to go? Maybe take the any attitude. You just win every single game that you can by as much as you can. Um, I mean, if if I think. Uh I don't think Waterford have the luxury of thinking anywhere close to that, you know. Um, yeah. Waterford might have, might be seen by some people, seen by a lot of people by the sounds of it as, as the number one contender to Limerick, but I think, you know, the way I see it is Limerick are one and there's four or five teams there that are around the same level uh, and Waterford need to concentrate on getting out of that pack before they uh, think about an All-Ireland or whatever. Who are you putting, who are you putting there? So, Clare... Would you put yourselves I'd there? Have, yeah, I'd have Clare, Cork. Cork. Uh, sorry, I'd have Clare, Waterford, um, Cork, although I, I dropped Cork maybe to the lower end of it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, Kenny. Kenny and Galway. Uh, Galway. That's what I'd see, you know, and I wouldn't see 
I think any of those teams could beat each other uh, on any day. I definitely don't see it as a clear-cut Waterford or second-best team in Ireland. I'm, and I'm kind of a bit bemused by that commentary, nearly even, to be honest. Um, but um, so, obviously, look, the way you've posed it there, would you sacrifice a monster for the All-Ireland? You would. But Waterford cannot be thinking like that, you know. They're they're, they're they do not have that luxury. Is it a possibility that they'll take a knock? That's that that's going to set them back at the weekend. Like, is it an opportunity for the likes of Clare to come in and, and take that to take the second monster final spot? Yeah, well, I mean, there's still an opportunity for Clare and Cork to contra- to to qualify for that uh, monster final. You know, Cork lost to Limerick, which I think Limerick are going to win all their games. Uh, Clare did their job so far uh, in beating Tip. Uh, Waterford beat Tip. Um, so look, this weekend's game will tell an awful lot um, and, uh, between Clare and Cork and while I think Cork have, have probably had a couple of bad performances in a row and it may have taken mental toll, Cork uh, you know, probably have a bit of a hoodoo over Clare over, over recent years and you know, had, we had a great game with them last year in the Gaelic grounds and uh, a great save at the end of the game uh, when Patrick Collins won it but there was nothing between the teams Um I'd be hoping from a Clare point of view, you're adding in Peter Duggan, you're adding in Shane O'Donnell and um, Rob Mounsey, a couple of new players that have established themselves that that could, uh, you know, see Clare edge it. But there's nothing between those teams, you know. What do you reckon? Well, James, are they, are they, are, if, are we, are we, are we bigging up Waterford unnecessarily or have, are, do you think Clare, Cork? Is that but in the grand scheme of it, like, like, I don't think Waterford can be too disappointed. I know they want to win every game they play, but if you're, if they potentially could meet in a Munster final and potentially didn't could meet in an All Ireland final, surely we'll say the game at the weekend was the one to lose. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. the, the last thing you want is to be beaten Limerick in some ways and be one for one and give Limerick an edge over you. It's the last thing yeah, you want yeah, as a team. Yeah. So, you know, winning a Munster final, obviously, if there's a flick of a kind and you can decide where you go, but um, I don't think they can be too disappointed if they can get the results to get back into the Munster final. Mm. And the Munster final is the time to try and take them out. Yeah, and yeah. Easier said than done, but I'll go back to the injuries. The injuries are massive and they're mountain and their hamstrings as well with the, the two guys. And uh, like I know myself, it's the one injury I do understand is a hamstring. Like, you know, you're definitely talking four weeks, if not more. And, you know, there'll be a lot of hurling over the next four weeks. And it's, you know, if you have a broken finger, you can come back, you can strap it, you can do something. But a hamstring, there's a fear there. Even the there week, is the impossible to get. The, it's impossible to get a turning sprint and be comfortable in it. Yeah, isn't it? You're no, minding it like no, you, no one can tell you straight up. You're a hundred percent go yeah. there, and you're nervous yourself. So, like, do you go hell for leather in the week before the game? You're trying to come back. I don't think you do. I think you hold off to that eighty percent and you wait until the game. And that's an, it's that's, a little bit untested. Then that's like. not the way to be going into a game. And yeah, I understand they have a big back. Uh, you know, they have a lot of backup. They have a great panel. Um, but every time your your Lynches and your Hazes and your Flanagans can't play, do you know you're trying. There's more new guys coming in, and Cottle, uh, what was it, it was Cottle O'Neill came on, and and yeah. look, he was very. Jeez, good. the confidence him to take on. I don't yeah. think he got seven shots, like four, like three or four points, three or four wides. He maybe. did. And I think the last one he got was actually probably the one he probably really shouldn't have took on. He was it was the hardest one he got. So, mm. but. They can't keep bringing lads away. Well, I hope, <laughs> I hope they <laughs> can. Ima- you'd imagine they, they can't can. keep pulling them out. And you know, experience is a massive thing too. And uh, do you know, those guys have it, the existing guys. But every time there's an injury there and hamstrings are, they can be slow to come back from. So it is, mm. it is one worry that Limerick may have. Yeah, and, and the face of it there, like I, I'd agree with you, James. But I suppose from the point of view where 
you've you've Kyle Hayes out, you've you've Flanagan Casey, okay, they're out Casey's out a bit longer term, and you've Lynch gone at the start of the game and you kinda of got two goals there that maybe were a bit against the run of the play. I think it probably has to be a bit of a mental blow to ball for that they didn't get over the line. On the face of it, a three point loss to Limerick in Limerick isn't the worst thing. Uh, especially in a in a group game where you know you're you're likely to play them again, but is that going to take a toll? The fact that there was lads missing and they still couldn't get over the line, like, you know? Yeah, maybe so. And and like I suppose Watford, you know, they're in a position now where I suppose it's all or nothing when the time comes. And if they do meet him in a in a in a monster final. It sounds a bit stupid, but I don't know are they literally too physical? You know, they're trying to really hop off them, and and that's. You know, I know you can't really go around them and you have to be physical, but there's a time and a place to be, you know, horsing and jumping and tacking and, and they seem to, they can stay with them for X amount of time and then it seems to kind of, the wheels come off a small bit and Limerick just kind of, they ride the storm, they get over it, you know, they get a few points on the board and, mm. you know, they're probably better to put the, that physicality into the hurling more so and I know it's a strange one to say don't be as physical but if you keep running into lads and hopping off them there's only so yeah, much it's a hard balance like, I mean I think last year or the year before was a dip when they played uh, Limerick they, they went f- almost full physical thinking that was the thing to do and this seemed to be a little bit more of a measured approach yeah. but you think maybe even more measured well, again I, I think up to the water break la- last year and I, I can just remember looking at the time the hits that went in were mm. absolutely and I know you have to but you know, it's easier to hit a lad when you have the ball in your hand. You know, it's also easier to try and play the ball out of a lad's hand. He has to play it, take four steps to hook and the block and challenge the ball, attack the ball, knock the ball out of their hand. But if you're trying to run into Hegarty and Burns all day long and try and do that for 70 minutes and hurl on top of it, it can be hard to do. So I don't really understand the point I'm getting at. It's not, you know, I'm Just not a saying fine, stand a finer off. Balance. Them, it's, it's a finer fine, balance. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's going out and being massively physical with physical guys isn't always the answer. And uh, there's if they change that tact a small bit and focus a little bit more on their own hurling maybe through that period, you know, quite possibly mm. they might get better returns. Derek, I felt uh, there was there was a Wexford man who I felt for a little bit going down to Clare uh, this week. I know he might have been he mightn't have been the most most welcome man in the banner, but I thought we were just chatting about it before the, the referees like James Owens. I thought the game is getting more difficult to referee all the time. Uh, I thought James Owens, uh, Sean Stack. I mean, trying to me- trying to measure the hand pass, trying to stay up with the play on what's happening inside. Tackling is gone. I mean, the intensity of tackling is is incredible, and these are all very fine decisions. And players are trying to trying to win freeze at times, and it's it's all you know it's tough going. But I thought I I would have said in, in all three games actually, Fergal Horgan in the third game, I thought the I thought the referees let it flow as a, as a basis. You can make mistakes, and there was mistakes made, and that's fine. But the players all made mistakes too. But as a basis, there was a good flow to each of the games. Maybe Limerick might be a little bit critical of that, but other than that, I thought there was a good flow to the the referees the weekend. I'd agree with you, yeah. Um, and uh, we probably had our back up in Clare about James Owens getting the tip game uh, after what happened last year, you know, with the penalty decision that uh, I still feel was... Uh, <laughs> I can't see that one changing. <laughs> um, but I did think, I, you know, no complaints on the day. I thought he had a good game and I, I'd agree with your sentiment in general. I thought the refereeing was was pretty good. The hand-passing issue is is a huge issue because it's literally un, it's unreferable. You know, mm. it's just unenforceable, the rule that it is at the moment. And, um, you know, there was a lot of examples of throws over the last few weeks and they're highlighted on the 
on the on the TV at the time, and yeah, it's as clear as days a throw. Yet you still have lads arguing that it's a hand pass. And um, Sean Stack I was—I thought Sean Stack was brave in, in the Limerick game with Limerick in particular. Like he seemed like a young fella when he looking at, looking at the television. Like he seemed very young, you know. And he just was—he was—he was going yeah. against you know Hegarty or any any of the top fellas. Like he was well able to stand his ground. I thought it was good. Yeah, really? I think Sean's, Sean's developing into a really, really good referee. Like mm. uh, he, he's uh, one, of, he's going to be one of the top referees. But uh, I think you need a rule change on that hand pass because it's just unenforceable. And yeah, I think uh, having to switch hands when you're passing the ball, I think that's the only way where it's actually okay. I can see he clearly switched hands. Uh, that that's pass uh, at the moment. It's just you cannot ref it or straight from the hurl. Or straight from the hurl. Yeah, yeah. you should be able to train it out of lads as well. You know. If but you're training it into him, aren't you? You're training it into him to get the the least mm. bit of contact. Like since the since the zone of contact is intensified so much, you have to get this like yeah. st- flick but of a pass. If, if you're continuously doing it and getting caught though, and yeah, you know, yeah surely yeah. when you come to a training, you should be made mm. look. Do I, not th- do I that think it was in the Clare game. I don't know was it a tactic that they had, but there seemed to be a finish of an, a bit of an open hand. There was a couple of times with a few of the hand passes, and it looked like actually something yeah. that might have been trained that they were giving a clear, trying to give a clear distinction that the hand was open. It wasn't like if it's in the fist or the, the ball wrapped around and it stays because the hand pass almost works that shape, it rolls down off the hand and you can kind of give it that, but the fist never changes. But this seemed to be a bit of an open pass. I don't know, was it a thing? So, it's just it's something well, I noticed. Just, I won't change the subject small bit, but on the ref, but the, the free that's kind of annoying me the most now is the person who's winning the free when they're coming out and some guys are just standing up to him and um, yeah. you know it's I don't know what the ref can do in that he's either going to blow the man for overcarrying or give a lad a free but if you stand your ground and you hold him up and it happened Peter Duggan I think a couple of times where you could see he was frustrated and all he was doing was standing mm. up and when you have the likes of a Barrett coming out and he's elbowing and he's shouldering and he's you know lads are looking like they're getting fouled and, yeah. and that's that's the key to it isn't it is the, if your if your if your elbows and shoulders are going there, like there's you, lads it holding looks the like you're getting fouled back like, you yeah. even have players with their hands in the air going look I'm not touching them and yeah yeah you know you're just hurled as if it's magically stuck to their back or something and there's freeze being given for that and I think mm. you know it, it's a hard one again because the physicality some lads can just stand there and a lad can just bounce off him and mm. you're either going to start overturning it in and giving you know over carrying freeze or you're giving the free out but again going back to what I was saying last week the benefit probably has to go to the guy with the ball in his hand yeah which, is, that, which is probably what's happening uh, Derek did you watch Wexford Dublin? I did yeah I did have you any, um, have you any hope for the Slaney Siders or is it I was not going away with the quality there, to be honest. I, th- I thought it wasn't a brilliant game. <laughs> I wasn't either, don't worry. Um, look, uh, it wasn't a brilliant game. Um, I thought Wexford similar similar performance to Galway, and I thought that they were going to, you know, the crowd got behind them. I, they started getting momentum towards the end of the game. I thought they were going to pull it out of the fire again, uh, but but they just didn't manage to do it this time. But they probably, you know, they'll be kicking themselves because they, they waited so long to start hurling. Yeah, um, and that's the same uh, last week. Like, why if, if that's the most frustrating thing? It's the greatest. The, 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 that's the point of the game, and it's the point of where Wexford are at the moment. If you have it in you, why are you waiting for the last ten minutes to get it out of you? Like, what's yeah. stopping the other sixty minutes? It's, it's really frustrating. Yeah, it was real. Um, like the play was very broken. It was all in the middle third. There was, you know, it was, it was very physical. In fairness, now it was very physical. I would say that for yeah. both teams, uh, they tackled hard and they tackled well. Um, but you know neither team got a good got a really good flow in terms of actual uh, attacking play 
Um, there was some great performances on the Dublin side. You know, Don Burke had a, had a huge game and like he, he's turned into some player. Um, uh, but from a Wexford point of view, I would have thought my my thing would have been, you know, Conor McDonald and, and Rory Connor inside are, are really have the potential to be an excellent full forward line. And they, they did some really good things, but it's just they didn't develop enough play for them. Uh, they didn't yeah. create enough attacking options or hit enough good ball in um, that they could really make hay inside, you know. And maybe that's a maybe if the goal had gone in, I was if if the goal had gone in, that's like you know you've got something forming there between them, and that's like you see a direct result. It's like okay, get it into a more that's working, you know. That'll be yeah, subconsciously exactly. going on the fellas outside because it's all happening. It's all happening fairly subtly. You're trying to play the game plan, but you see something working. You're like okay, let's do that again, you know. Like it, it should be working that way, like. The, 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 I suppose one thing about Wexford Park is there's always a whip and wind down there like you'll know yourself there is yeah that, yeah. that means then that if I'm playing with the wind I can score from you know 30, 40 yards from my own goal whereas if I'm in Turles you know and I'm 30 or 40 yards from my own goal I'm going to be hitting it in to the full forward line um, so it doesn't probably lend itself to uh, play on the inside line unfortunately for Wexford because I thought that was probably their strongest line in, on the field Mm. It's, uh, it's such fine lines though isn't it we say if McDonald's goal the penalty miss you know a couple of small little things uh, you know there wasn't much in that game um, and just you know Wixford now are away from home for three games you know they've played the two of them at home and one point when you would think Wexford Park is, is a place that's very hard to go to yeah. it's it's a disappointing start yeah there's no point in saying it there's there's a couple of things on that but there's one thing that I wanted to read out to you first it's on my my. This, we, we don't have a little hand strap yet so I just have it on the table <laughs> have Wexford ever had an 8 out of 10 free taker that's that's the question I, I'm assuming that's Niall have Wexford ever had an 8 out of 10 free taker Weren't you a I, mean, little, I felt it was a little bit harsh when I read it like I don't know but, but I didn't think I was the one yeah. <laughs> I wasn't an 8 out of 10 free taker but Paul Codd was a good free taker and Paul Codd was yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah Paul had a thing with I just see this strange thing with the county board and I, I, I don't know I suppose it was at a time where we were battling for trying to get I don't know boots or gear bags you know, you'd always get coming up to the championship or something you'd be getting the boots then you'd be after playing like all, all year and he went through a bit of a period of a bit of, a bit of hostility with the county board and he'd be taking freeze in Wexford Park like and every single ball he'd hit by oh down as he landed on the main street like it could be a 21 and it'd be gone out over but in fairness to him like he was a, he was a top class free taker like but why uh, the thing I can't understand is Chin why aren't they starting him and, 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 and would, I he be, I, would he be on the freeze if, if he'd have started like yeah yeah. you know if you're good enough to come on the second half if, if he's supposed to be the marquee player which he is you know I would be starting him um, it's like going back to Watford mm-hmm. and, and, and starting Austin Gleeson and I was surprised when the team was named that they didn't have him named and said you have to start him if you want to go win it but you know if you can come on I don't know what the injury is and maybe I should know but you know, maybe I should too. But if, yeah, if you last if you last half the game, you know, surely maybe just start the game, try and get you know, try and kick off. But coming on and coming with a big run at the end, and they were blessed to get the draw. We'll say against yeah, Galway. Be, be and, blessed, and, yeah. And, you know, and maybe unlucky not to get something. Liam Ryan came up the field near the end, and he probably should have. Yeah. You know, but then again, it's like, your full back coming up the field. It as well, is, and, and, but he's a leader, and he's an elder yeah. statesman of the team now, and he gave it to a young fella, like you know, yeah. and like no disrespect to Pepper, like, but if I have somebody coming up, like I mean, you wreck his wing back, he scored three amazing points, like he just kind of went for it, and Liam yeah. Ryan, I'd be putting my house on, not 
because of his accuracy or not because of his capability to shoot but because he's Liam Ryan like you know some fellas have the capability to shape a game they're so good yeah. I think they have the capability it's nothing to do with it's like the wing back who gives the inspirational point like you know he's not always expecting it but he just gives it it's it's the exact thing the energy the game needs at that time and he just kind of steps into the role and does it and Liam Ryan can ref, refuse the call Cause, a bit and I was yeah. like Jesus Liam like that's that's in it's him just, think, like I'm, I'm taking a clear was it Don Lo, Don Lo was it up the the cornerbacks <laughs> taking the ball over to draw in All Ireland so you know it's it's he should have probably taken it on yeah to be fair yeah it yeah it was I looked like he gave me a score like you know I'd say he, he was he had Donald Donovan back. wasn't it it was Donald Donovan yeah I was correct yeah he, he wouldn't be happy with that name but anyway <laughs> uh, it, it was a give me a score for, for Ryan the other day like I mean he dwindled his back and he was he, he had a free shot the fella he passed it off to had no angle really for a score and no. wound up getting dispossessed but um, like my own feeling on it was, you know, he he had the Sutcliffe had the epic lockdown on him before that, and Brilliant. maybe Liam's confidence was a little bit shaken after that. That you know, maybe he felt like he took too long to hit it or whatever, and he didn't want he didn't feel yeah. confident to take on the shot as a result. But it was, you know, it was an opportunity, and I, I would have expect like Liam's Liam's a very good player, so I would expect him to score that. You know, if he had taken it on. Yeah, I had a huge time for him, and always have. I just thought he like he's commanded that role, and he stepped into a kind of a Darren like kind of a character and full back. And it's not too often you get fellas of that. You know, they have the height and they've got the capability and they've got the speed, but they're intelligent as well. And then they also have this ability. I always thought this with Darren Ryan, like. It was almost like referees were afraid to give a free against him. Like it was like he he'd foul, but he'd get away with it. Where somebody else, if they did the very same thing, wouldn't. There was something just quite uncompromising about him that everyone just kind of said, "Well, let's okay, we'll just let's Dara doing what Dara does," you know. So I, I love Liam Ryan as a player, but I was yeah, I was I was hoping for a little bit more. One of the one of the things now in Leinster is um, the draw. How important the drawn game is because at the end now in the last game. Wexford will go to Kilkenny and the possibility is so I suppose the whole thing in some respects is riding on the Galway-Kilkenny game because if Galway beat Kilkenny and they win all the games up to that Galway won't need the win as badly maybe whatever that however that manifests itself I'm not sure but that's the possibility and if Kilkenny win all the games they won't even have a draw if they, if they win all the games they'll be taking Wexford and okay you win every game and all of that but there is some part of it that says think, right this has been yeah. relentless let's take a take a breather and that opens the door to Wexford that, that's the possibility Leinster is going to come down to the last day I think without mm. a doubt whereas maybe Munster won't um, I I think it's it's Wexford Kilkenny Dublin Galway in the in the last day and it's yeah. and it's it's the one anomaly with this uh, whole round robin that you could have a scenario where one team doesn't have to win and if that yeah. team doesn't have to win and you could have another team fighting for their life so the draw that happened below in Wexford Park that point uh, it could be so valuable for one of the, for either Galway or Wexford mm. or it could be the loss of the point that could you know there's there's so much uh, there's going to be so much riding on that so Next weekend, Peter Stadium, Kilkenny Galway, that's, you know, that's going to decide a lot and I'm already looking forward to that. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Packing me bags and heading will you, for the will weekend. You, will you go up to it, will you? I will. <laughs> will, 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 uh, will, you, will you meet up with any of the, any, any of the boys? Derek, uh, Hard, Derek Hardy, you were in college up there, weren't you? So you would have... Yeah, well, I, I'm brutally keeping contact with people, so <laughs> I, there's a few of us from home going to, going to, going to tip up and uh, it's a two o'clock Sunday, it's a bank holiday weekend and... Uh, yeah, we were going to go up and head to Salt Hill and uh, hope we can get a victory in it. Yeah, um, after the weekend, I mean, leash. Yeah, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a, tur- yeah, a bit yeah, of a turkey it, shoot. It, look, it was 
Kilkenny look good to be fair and yeah, it's it's yeah. still hard to know we won't really know where Kilkenny are but you know I'd I've said it since I've heard this draw in Salt Hill that I think Kilkenny and at that stage I didn't know how I'd to go going there for the weekend well, that's the first I, thing you said that's the first the thing second, I said. The, second thing you said. <laughs> the second thing I said is I think Kilkenny will win in Pierce Stadium and uh, I, right. I, I, I've I've said that just the whole Cody Shefflin thing and I just mm. think um, and Kilkenny people have massive respect for the likes of Henry Shefflin and obviously so for sure. but you still want everyone at Kilkenny will want to go beat yeah. Galway I think for that reason just to kind of say ah look well done but hard luck and yeah, you haven't yeah. gone well Henry but you know I, I'm not sure are Galway going to come to the table with any more reasons to go beat Kilkenny but you talk about the psychology of it but absolutely everyone going to Galway will want to get a win because of the Henry thing you want to and you could have three or four Ballyhale Shamrock lads playing do you know uh, and they're looking at their club man on the sideline and I think everyone is going to raise their game that little bit and it's in Pierce Stadium I think the pressure is on Galway a small bit mm. and uh, I think Kilkenny will perform and look if you get a performance they'll be there thereabouts yeah. mm. Derek looking in from from the Munster side of it uh, everything is very balanced uh, in Leinster looking at Leash and Westmead where the commentary has become about score difference essentially like you know to, to, to be blunt about it um, and that's like we've all seen the capabilities of, of both teams and the quality players that they have but that's that's in essence what it's become about is it it's very hard to put yourself in, in, in their shoes I mean I, I don't find it particularly difficult in some respects because we were getting beaten by 15 and 20 points by E-fellas but is it good is it at what point is it good for development and at what point is it kind of do you say if you're in a, a, a county like Westmead after working as hard as they have had to work to get to where they're at uh, to then say right I need to hold on to 12 to 15 of these fellas at a time where America or Australia or somewhere else might seem like a better thing to do with their time like that's what it, com- that's what it really comes down to maybe when you're if, you're if you feel you're too far behind in relation to the amount of effort that it actually takes because they do have to put in the same efforts as everybody else so where do you see that that balance and it's not a right or a wrong thing it's just a kind of a balance Yeah I mean like it, it's not good for it's not good for Westmead or Leach's development to get those hammers it just isn't um, and it is much better for them to uh, be playing you know for Westmead over the last couple years and they won uh, John McDonnell last year that is good for their run that has improved them but the prize mm-hmm. then is to come up and, and play Lee McCarthy which you know they're not at that standard yet um, and you know it's very very hard to get there like it's just I don't know what it is about hurling but uh, it's probably easier for a football team to rise up through the ranks but whatever it is about hurling just you know it's very very hard to make that breakthrough to actually get up to the level of Wexford, Galway, Kilkenny, you know, uh, for, for those that's to get up there. So those hammerings will do them no good. Like you're saying there, if you're involved in the panel and you're working and you're training since November, December in really, you know, trying conditions at times and you're going out there and you're getting that beating, you know, you're bound to get fed up with it and uh, an offer of a few grand to play over in the States will become very enticing. But lads want to see their own counties do well too and, and that will drive them on. And there's some really good players there that, that works like really hard on it. Um, but it's a, it's a hard one to answer in terms of how to get them up to that level, you know. Yeah. Seeing the, the Westmead manager afterwards was saying um, it was a, a really tough loss to show them what, where they need to get to, but like, you know, you, you could be saying that for the last 15, 20 years, um, that, that's, but it's just a case of how to actually achieve that, and I don't think anyone has that answer at the moment. 
Yeah, I mean, it could be saying for 100 years in some respects, it's like, so what, like, Don Logue was talking about investment, like that large scale investment, and not that's not to say throwing money at the problem solves it, but <clears throat> by putting particular structures in place that maybe have worked elsewhere, and by actually committing, yeah, real funds on the ground um, as a 10, 15 year development, like, what would the hurling landscape be like if if Leash were much stronger, if Offaly were much stronger, if Westmead were much stronger, if Antrim and, and Leash or, or Antrim and Offaly are talking about just bringing them back to where they were in some respects, but p- pushing them on as well that they can actually compete. Like if we had, uh, like are we growing as a game if Limerick are bringing the game on and the same two, three teams are contesting them and every now and then a Wexford comes up or a Waterford comes up or whatever. Should it should it be part? Should should we be taking that a little bit more seriously? Is to say, well, okay, that's fine there, but we're also going to plough as much as we can here to bring to have fourteen teams who can play at senior level. To have fifteen, should that be a goal? To have sixteen teams who can play senior hurling in twenty years' time, and can we make that investment now? Should that be like a bit more yeah, essential, well, or is the, is the hurling landscape the way it is? Well, by nature, it is by nature in some way, but you can definitely develop it underage. You have to go back to the schools, I think, and and that's where the money needs be pumped in to get it into the schools but you know the unfortunate thing like Leash came down to Kilkenny down to Nolan Park and Kilkenny are trying to get their team ready to go play we'll say Galway and then go play Dublin at Parnell Park so everyone is trying to perform to their best of their ability to try and make that starting 15 so you're coming down it's a no win situation and then because of the scoring difference you know but if you went to the week previous above in Mullingar Kilkenny struggled for long periods uh, against mm. Westmead yeah. uh, Westmead went 10-6 ahead um, and you know at half time by the time the second half started Kilkenny had two subs brought on and both of them were you know they were out of design they, they, they had to be done and uh, you know they, they kicked on and got a few goals at the end and you would say coming out of there God Westmead definitely put it up to Kilkenny Leeds yeah. put it up to Dublin I think there was only four points in it but they've then, often done it there's no doubt about the capability like there's yeah. no doubt about their players but yesterday, in, across the leagues there are players in those like there are players in Christy Ring there are players who are like will, will make any team like they are producing at times then like Kerry made, 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 made a big big run three or four years ago like they do it's that to have some degree of consistency to it I suppose that's because otherwise it turns into a disparaging conversation and I don't and we say things like the so-called weaker, if you yeah, want to say yeah. the so-called it means we just say weaker teams because the so-called is then we'll be saying the so-called so-called and, weaker teams and, no and, on, and on you go and no it's just the same conversation it's no like dis- yeah. how do you get it yeah I suppose I, mean, I don't expect you to solve that problem in, 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 here, here now in some respects but it's like yeah should it be a, maybe a bit of a, a bit more of a commitment on, on the hurling Populations like there should be a little bit more in our interest than other, like not just well, the, the, the amazingness of Limerick or, or whatever, you know. 23 and 24 points, I think, were you know, roughly what the defeats were uh, yesterday. Mm. And it's 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 not helping the cause waking up this morning, just you know, trying to get back into it, and you're going down the road and you still have. I, I don't know the answer, like. The teams still want to be playing the Kilkenny's and the Tipperary's mm. and, you know, everyone wants to play the best. And if you're a player, you want to perform the best. But still, you know, I don't know. It's it's investment, you know, where the money goes, you know, is the other thing and who controls it. And uh, I think through the schools has to be and through the young people. And that's where the thing will, yeah. will come up. But It's a 15 year plan anyway. It's not a it's, it's not a two year plan. It is, plan, but like. this has been spoken about for a long, long time. It and we're still, we're not getting <coughs> solutions yeah. on it. Derek, are you still are you still lining out? I'm not. No, no uh, finished. Hips are, hips are gone. Uh, how's the, how, how's the body with you? You, 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 you had it was, it was injuries finished, really. So 
Yeah, no, nah, sure. Body's fine, you know. I don't put it under too much stress, being honest with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a comfortable looking chair you're on. Enjoying retirement, put it that way. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, um, it's a shame. Obviously, I, I miss it hugely. Uh, but yeah. just uh, wasn't uh, not able for it anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I was down with I was down in Ennis actually uh, a few weeks ago with TG Cahar and I walked by a pub that I uh, I remember frequenting with you once upon a time. I think maybe John Conlon and a couple more were uh, were there as well. We'd, we'd, yeah, we'd, I think you were on a you were on a surf trip that weekend. Was that Cormac Donovan? I think we were with you that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I might have been called it a surf trip, but I think it was. <laughs> I think it was all roads to Ennis was actually what we were doing. Um, okay. But yeah, look, it's great to see you. Good to see you again, Derek. Um, thanks very much for, for yes, coming into us uh, again, James. That was, uh, yeah, great, great, great to sit with you. Um, best of luck up in, I don't, we mightn't see you next, <laughs> we mightn't see you next Monday, depending on how no. how things go up in uh, Galway. You have a few uh, old friends to, to see up there and, and there'll be, uh, yeah. I'll be taking my time coming home. You'll be taking your time coming home and hopefully for Wexford, I'd say, we're, we'll be hoping for a Kenny win, I'd say, in the possibility that the last game might be a little bit less in it uh, in terms of bite from Kenny, but it's not always the way a championship between Wexford and Kenny. Sometimes it just takes on its own life and that's it. Um, but that's it. Thanks very much to Derek for coming in from uh, the South Clare right. and James for making his way into the studio. We'll be back next week for another episode of The Hurling Show. We'll see you then. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Dermot Ling on Sports Joe. Donald Donovan is the left cornerback. He hits it. He hits it. Wow. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. What a match. There's been a missing person in Clare for 81 long years. Well, today, that person has been found alive and well. And that person's name is Liam McCarthy. They know as much about serious level sport as I know about the sleeping habits of the Ayatollah. There's a, a streaker on the ground now. He must be a Kilkenny man because he's quite happy with the situation right now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.